Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Gamers Without Borders podcast, a podcast about video games, technology, and anything else we can think of. And joining me this week is host of the Hero Talk podcast, Childcare Extraordinaire, and frankly he appears so frequently the word guest has lost all meaning, it's Judge Greg. Hey there Nick, thanks for having me. Not a problem, not a problem. Um, now, just before we get into things uh, properly for the, for this week, obviously, as you all listeners will know, we went on uh, the show went on a little bit of a break over Christmas because uh, there were some personnel changes. Um, me, me and Dapple were both very busy. Unfortunately, we actually did have a uh, New Year's episode planned, which then I was called away at very uh, late late notice, uh, short notice, so I unfortunately wasn't able to record. And basically, what's going to happen is this episode is something of a one-off. I decided to do it because, obviously, uh, yesterday, at the time of recording, the Switch was announced. I've been playing a lot of games, and I've kind of formulated a plan of where I want the podcast to go in future, so I wanted to actually get an episode out so I can kind of better explain myself. So at the end of this week's show, I will just give a bit of a breakdown of what I'm hoping to do with this show. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mean quite a few changes, but I'm hoping that you guys will... Keep 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 supporting us as you have um, through all these past months. So thanks very much. So now that's out of the way, Greg, how have you been? Uh, I've been good. It's it's been a, a busy few weeks, as you can imagine. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> little little baby Ellie showed up quite early and unexpected. Mm. Uh, I I have to know: was Ellie influenced by as a as a name influenced by The Last of Us? Well, as I've I've not played The Last of Us. So no, okay. So I, I'm I'm gonna say no, but subconsciously could it have been, possibly. Mm. And yeah, as sorry to interrupt, but as, as testament to his current situation, Greg is actually recording at six six in the morning for him. So yeah, it is yeah. it is zero six here in the judge household, and yeah. uh, also as a testament to my situation, I was already up. Yep. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't force Greg up to do this. He was like, "No, I could do it at like six o'clock." Yeah, I, w- I was up. I was. I had already been woken up twice uh, between Ooh. the hours of five and six. So going back to sleep was just not an option. Yeah. So uh, happy to record now while everyone's a little bit more docile than trying mm. to fit this in during the day when it is nothing short of just chaos. That's that's very true. But yeah, so sorry, I didn't mean to intervene. Do carry on. No, that's fine. Um, I did. I took my oldest daughter to see Paw Patrol live oh. last week. Do you have Paw Patrol in the UK? I think I think we do actually. I I, I do see it around. I think we yeah. do. I think it's a Canadian show, but uh, mm. it is it is huge, huge here. It's on Nickelodeon, and uh, they have a live show that. And I was I was weary of the live show because I've I've gone to certain ones of these kids shows that are live before. Not going to call out any uh, specific IPs here, but I I went to one and it was, I mean, it was just the JV squad. They, they were having sound issues and stuff wasn't synced up and the costumes weren't right. And it was, it was very much, it looked like they grabbed a bunch of film students or stage students or somebody and said, okay, you guys, here's your student project. You need to create a blank live show on a budget it, that that's Ooh. what it felt like so it yeah. was a, just a bunch it was it was just unprofessional and it just wasn't it just wasn't a very high quality and it, you know they still charged me 
a high quality price for the ticket, but oh no. So I was really afraid walking into this. Because on the other side of that, I've been to several Disney live shows and of course Disney does does not fall under the 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 short end of the spectrum. They make an no. event out of their live shows. So I was really I didn't know where on the spectrum between the Bush League and Disney Live I was going to be. And yeah. this was this was just as good as any of the Disney shows. They did a great job. The costumes were good. And we had a, we had a good time. I unfortunately involved me driving in a blizzard a little bit. Oh god. Cuz cuz that hit sooner than we expected it would. Yeah. Um and as it was, we I mean I had already moved our tickets to an earlier show because I wanted to avoid the blizzard, but Yeah. And and then, so of course, immediately after that, I mean, I'm talking like immediately. Like I get home, I put my daughter on the couch. I'm like, huh, she feels warm. I take her temperature, 105. Ooh. I don't know what that is in Celsius for your well, no, I, international listeners. Yeah, I don't know, but I know that isn't. I think 103 is the threshold for fever. It might be something. Anyway, that's high. That's very. That's fever. Level. That's very high. That is like seizure territory. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to convert just for the sake of our international listeners. Keep talking. All right. So having now taken that temperature and and, and seeing 105, things were bad. I, I gave her some ibuprofen right away, and I have to take her to the ER. Again, same blizzard still coming down now. Oh, so God. we're back in the car, off to the emergency room. My wife has to stay with the infant. So we're just this, this house divided. Oh, no. Um, so poor thing had an upper respiratory infection. And, and then as a result of that, went on to develop uh, an ear infection. Oh, God. Yeah, so she had a rough go of things. So I spent most of this last week uh, with my daughter as she was, you know, on the mend. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I haven't done a whole lot new in terms of watching new shows or I'm not, playing I'm not any new games. I've, I'm, not I've, I have, I'm not judging you for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I have seen a lot of Disney movies this week, though. That is good. It's... And Frozen, because I've, I've seen, like, the Disney princesses and Frozen, because, of course, Frozen is its own thing. They don't slum it with the Disney princesses. They've, oh, of course. They have transcended that, but... Yeah. But I've, I've seen The Little Mermaid more than once, uh, Beauty and the Beast more than once, Aladdin yeah. more than once, uh, Frozen, of course, is just a, a staple. <laughs> I don't even say that anymore. People just presume I've seen Frozen a couple times between the times that we've talked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I've seen a ton of those. Although my my daughter was not impressed with the princess and the frog. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, well, my, my, I Dis- mean, my Disney uh, yeah knowledge isn't great. Minor low end spoilers here, but the princess Tiana spends most of that movie as a frog. Yeah. So it was very hard for my three year old who's watching that to kind of get her head wrapped around the idea that you said this was a princess movie, but uh, all I'm okay. seeing are these frogs. And yeah. I, I think that was the thing, is because she continually kept asking, where's Princess Tiana? When's Princess Tiana coming back? Ah, is okay. Princess Tiana going to... Because she actually loves Princess Tiana. But mm. it was it, she didn't quite understand that Princess Tiana was the, the frog. Ah, okay. And it was... So she just ended up not liking that, because she spent the whole time asking when Princess Tiana was going to come back. And the truth is, not until the very end of the movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. For any, for, as a public service announcement of sorts, uh, 105 degrees Fahrenheit is just over 40 degrees Celsius. So yeah, your body should not be at that temperature. Yeah, that is a that is a bad temperature to have. Yep. So, also want to apologize for any parents that were at the Paw Patrol live show that I was at because 
I did not realize she was that sick when I brought her there. Or obviously, uh, I would not have brought her there. But. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, you you want to know. Also, if any, again, for anyone else who cares, you can watch Paw Patrol in the UK. It's on Channel 5. Oh, that's good. I, and yeah. and it's a good show. I actually, I, I I like the show in terms of the fact that it does make me chuckle from time to time. No, uh, it is, okay. it's, I mean, it's meant for three-year-olds. Yeah, so, but I, I think sometimes the things like that, they occasionally put little things in that they know the parents will appreciate, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. I'm. I'm you've, I feel really bad that you've had a really hectic week, and I just go. I've just been doing nice cool things. <laughs> well, that's fine. At least one of us had to do something cool because yeah, we can't all just talk about sick daughters and Paw Patrol. That that is very true. That'd be a very different podcast. So yeah. Anyway, uh, so starting off with games. So over Christmas, I finally got um, F1 2016, and it's 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 really amazing, but it's also incredibly difficult to talk about. Because I was kind, I was kind of, I was like drafting a review of sorts for it. And the problem with like uh, sort of yearly release sports games is that it's a tr- like only really people that have a good knowledge of whatever sport it is truly understand kind of why, why all the tweaks make a difference. And it's quite difficult to write about it in such a way where it appeals to a broad audience. So like, I don't particularly want to go on for ten minutes and talk about things like. Oh, the tire wear is really realistic because for most people that's not going to mean anything. So it's a great game if if you if you have an interest in the sport. And I I do think because obviously Codemasters have had the license for that game for about seven years now. I think this feels a lot like the game they've always been trying to make, and it feels like the best true simulation of a Formula 1 game that we've had in a while. So, yeah, if you enjoy it, I definitely recommend it. It Again, as I've always been saying, it's seemingly still holding its value very well, but uh, that's that's just me. Um, the other bit of good news that motivated my other game purchase is magically PlayStation Network has started working at university again. So I actually have a fully functioning PlayStation. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you actually mo- accepted my friend request, finally. I did, although I did that when I was actually back home home, because oh, that was the first okay. time I had it reconnected. I was like, oh, it's Judge Greg. So I was like, yes, I'll say yes to him. But no, and then as soon as I got back, it just started working. And I've been chatting to people, and I think it's because there's multiple... The university has assigned multiple IP addresses, and I think some have been blocked and some haven't. So I think you just get lucky which which IP address you get. Oh. But um, yeah, the other game, because I I said I've been umming and ahhing about this for ages, I bit the bullet, I took a leap of faith, and I bought Hitman. And I went all in. I bought the full game, so I've had access to the whole first season, and I think I will get access to uh, to any future content as well. And it's 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 a it's a weird it's weird because I'm not the best person when it comes to stealth, but I it it's really not that like a stealth. In some ways, it's it is a conventional stealth game, but in other ways, it's not. So it's a conventional stealth game, and like you have to be quiet. You don't want to get detected. But it, it's just like the scope of it and the size of the level. So I was playing a level last night. I was stuck for ages, and I knew I didn't. I needed a particular disguise to get where I needed to go, and ended up walking for about twenty minutes around this level just to kind of get the right people in the right places. Like the complexity that's underneath there is really quite incredible, and I think it's a real achievement for the developers but um yeah i'm not the best sort of silent assassin at the moment as i'm not sure uh, if any of you listeners saw the video i put up on my twitter of me playing hitman where i in the least stealthily well uh, least stealthy way ever just threw scissors at people and then ran away out a window which is um which fun it's it's a great game it takes 
it takes quite a lot of adjustment. It can be quite frustrating. There's a bit of trial and error. And <sighs> that I have noticed a few glitches. And it either seems to be kind of kind of silly little like visual glitches, like a body will kind of like fly around that don't really matter. But occasionally it'll be like failures in sort of NPC behaviour. So sometimes that can have a real detrimental impact. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I've completed the third mission of of six of the first season. But the whole point is they're not really things that you just play through once and then that's it. Like The whole point is you go back to them and you try different approaches. You try it in different ways. So I'm trying to go through each one once and then I will go back through. So yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really happy that I took, took, the, uh, took the leap with that. So I have a question about Hitman. It's I haven't played it and I haven't picked it up because I just historically I looked and I've bought the last three Hitman games and not played them, so I just decided to break the cycle. Yeah. But I, I remember they announced for a lot of these Hitman levels that there would be certain high-profile hits and, and, and challenges and stuff. Yeah. Do you do you get all of those when you get the whole package, or is that basically yes. you had... The, oh, okay, so you're still... You yeah, still well, get to assassinate, like, Gary Busey or whatever? Well, yeah, well, that, well funny enough, yeah, Gary Busey's been and gone because they have these things called elusive targets that literally in a level it'll be a particular person and they're only like live for like say 24 hours and you get what and you get one chance if you fail that is it but yeah what once you if if you buy the full game on like the playstation store or whatever um you um yeah you'll get all things like that and i'm pretty sure judging by the description even though on the store it's listed as hitman the complete first season it says in the description you will get all future updates so if they do make a second season which i'm not sure if they've confirmed it sounds like you um you would get that as well and an important thing that caught me out that i um, that i want to mention because uh, partly because i don't normally buy things digitally but um even though what you purchase is called the first like the entire first season, you have to download um, each episode individually. So what will happen is, like the, the first level, it will download itself, and then when it uh, when it when you get to the second level, you click it and it'll say, "Please purchase this from the PlayStation Store." But you just go, you click through that, and then it'll just say free for all the episodes, and then you can just download them. So that was one thing that caught me out. But yeah, it's it once you purchase that, you can then just download all the other episodes individually. So yeah, oh, okay. it's a, it's 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 interesting. There's a lot of content there, and I think it is one of those things that it really is about master, mastering all the levels. And it's sort of every time you go through it and you finish it, it gives you like different places to start and access to different costumes and all things like that. So yeah, I'm yeah. It's huh. it's not it's not so much a game to some extent where you can go, oh, I've got a spare hour, I'll play Hitman because it, it does take quite a lot of planning. It, it's difficult to quantify sort of how long things will take, but it's 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 certainly different. Um, and next up on my list, I actually, for the first time, got to meet uh, occasional guest and listener of this show, and also host of the uh, Boot Campy Life podcast, Robin Bates. He came to visit. We had a nice chat. We had a drink. I I in, it, I introduced Robin to the amazing thing that is Five Guys, the burger restaurant. Which has... yes, you did. Good work, Nick. Yeah, because obviously that's been in the states for a while, but they've, I've, mm. I've I think they've only been in the UK for a few years. Like they kind of remember just, them just sort of popping up in the last couple of years, and um, now they're everywhere. Yeah, they are. They are my favorite burger yeah, place. It, it, it is it is expensive. There's no getting away from that. Like a meal is probably. 
it's about say fifteen pounds. I don't know twenty twenty five dollars, but it's the yeah, it's the best I think relatively fast food burger you can get. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is. I I'm I'm a big fan of the bacon cheeseburger yeah. all the way. I just way. go cheeseburger barbecue sauce. Just simple enough. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, and I yeah. learned a really uh, this is very niche that probably that is not useful for many people. But I was really surprised. I've always noticed. I don't know if they have them in the states, but in the UK they always have those Coke freestyle machines where you can. Oh yeah, they have yeah. them here. But I've, I've always yeah. noticed in this country they always have like a light or a button that's the disability symbol, and I've always wondered what it is. And it turns out because they're normally t- big, tall touchscreen units. They've actually got buttons right. lower down so you can manually control the screen if you're in a wheelchair. Which, oh, which I, I, I've always I've always wondered actually because I thought that because I saw the button yeah. and I'm thinking, okay, we well, got this button, but I have thought that exactly. myself. Like this screen is pretty I, high up for people who might need. Yeah, to use I, it. I never knew that. And nor in the past, because I'm I'm relatively mobile, I can just kind of stand on my tippy toes and, and touch the screen. But I was literally about to do that, and I remember with staff, I was like, oh, no, you can do this, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. So yeah, five. Yeah, high. Good job, five guys. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Now, d- does your five guys have the shakes? Yes, like, like ours ne- does. I've never had them. Uh, and and our five guys in the United States. I don't know if yours does it. I hope it does. For like an extra two dollars, yeah. they'll they'll crush up bits of bacon and put it in your oh, shake. God, that, that's not, I think if you tried to do that in the UK, you'd just get looked at as if you're insane. Yeah, that was it's it's not insane. It is yeah. delicious. I don't I don't want to make this a Five Guys podcast, but I want to ask if they do, if they do this in the states, whereby it seems no matter what um, p- uh, size uh, portion of chips or fries I should say you buy, they always put like a thousand just loose in the bag. Yeah, no, that's that's what they do here too. That's part of that's part of oh. the deal. See, so yeah, that is the. It's you almost have to whenever I I know somebody's going to Five Guys for the first time I always like I feel like I have to pull them aside and say okay we need to yeah I need to sort of pre-brief you on what's about to happen yeah. here you're going to want to order the large size yeah, fry don't, just order small don't don't do that order the small fry and you're thinking but I'm pretty hungry just just yeah. trust me yeah. on this <laughs> mm. because I've I've known I've known a guy who did that who walked up and said yeah I just I want a large fry and then he gets his fries and he's like it's it's the entire bag. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They, they, they must lose so much money because eventually, yeah, you just realise I will just buy a small, no matter what. I, I I think the concept there is that a large is when you have a family of four oh, okay. or a small regiment, and you need to feed them, so you order one large fry, yeah. and then that should be enough for yeah. them. But most people tend to think that their large fry is on par with say the McDonald's large yeah. fry and those are those are two totally different yeah, creatures. Yeah, um but yeah so enough enough five guys chat it's very nice for the occasional treat. But yeah it was lovely to meet Robin. I feel really bad because what should have been like a one hour train journey for him. I think he said it took him nearly five hours because there was lots of Oh because wow. um there were there was um I think someone had jumped on the tracks, there was tube strikes. So yeah, he, I felt really bad because he because yeah he'd struggled, but yeah it was it was lovely to meet him. So that's always good. Uh, last couple of things: I over Christmas watched Rogue One, the uh, most recent Star Wars film, and I am in kind of the camp of it was a good Star Wars film. wasn't the best one, wasn't the worst one, but um, yeah, I, I, I know I know I know Greg. I think you've done a hero talk about it, so I'm assu- assuming you've watched it. I actually have oh. not. I was uh it was the only time I've ever done a hero talk on an episode that I have not watched. But yeah. 
No, I just I never got to the theater because it came out right around that time that I knew the baby was coming any time. Uh, so you don't want to be sitting in a cinema and then get the phone call of right. come to the hospital. Yeah, or whatever. Ex- exactly, exactly. I didn't really want to jinx it. Yeah. So I decided that I was just going to hold off and and. Uh, I think somewhere in my head I thought maybe after the baby's born I'll go and obviously that's not really going to yeah. happen. Uh so I I'm at this point I am reserved to decide deciding that I'm going to get this on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. And and that's that's what I'll watch it on. So and I don't imagine they're going to wait too long to for No, I I this isn't the kind of movie they're going to hang on to until Christmas, so they're just going to want to try to short cycle that. So I imagine in about three months it'll it'll come out on Blu-ray, and mm. it'll be a must-watch. I really want to see it. I've heard nothing but great things, yeah. well, but the timing was just not there. Yeah, I, I I personally think it's a bit of a film of peaks and troughs. Like I kind of feel I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it, but the last kind of third or half of that film is I think what everyone always wanted that film to be and the rest of it feels quite uh, just a bit out of place and I w- apparently there were lots and lots of reshoots for it so um... I did hear that I heard that they an early an early version was was played for a test audience yeah and it did not test very well and so they had to do a lot of reshoots for uh, it. yeah I can I can imagine I was just trying to look up uh, there when, if the, if anyone knows when the DVD uh, comes out, but while it is listed for pre-order on Amazon, it doesn't give a date, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm going to presume that it's going to come out somewhere in the April time frame. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I I, I think you're not far off for that. So yeah, uh, for anyone that's thinking about seeing it when it does come out, it's 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 a good film, and I think obviously if you're a Star Wars fan, there's a couple of bits that will definitely kind of uh, appeal to you. But yeah, it's not not bad. Like I've heard people say, oh, it's worse than the prequels. Like no, I'm not really sure if that could be possible. Yeah, like the only way that would be possible is if, like, as soon as you entered the cinema, the the filmmakers had hired someone to like punch you in the stomach as you as you get yeah. to your seat. Like that would that would that would be the only way. And even then, like, the film could probably redeem itself to be better than the prequels. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can get over that. Yeah. I've I've had bad stuff happen on the way to the theater, and I'm still over it by the time the movie starts. Yeah. I imagine if Jar Jar Binks shows up about a third of the way through, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. He could. He could probably. Yeah, he could probably do it. Um, he could probably make it worse. But other than that, it's. I mean, the sequels were just objectively bad movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the discussion. The only good thing that's come out of them is just loads of stupid memes. Really, that's 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 all that's all the world mm-hmm. needs. But yeah, I will move on to my last thing before we get into what was really the focus of this episode. But yeah, this is very UK centric, but. Sherlock is back. By the time this episode comes out, the final episode is going to be out later that evening. We Everyone thinks it's going to be the final episode for a good few years because all their actors are really busy. And obviously, I'm not going to say anything, but oh my God, some of the twists and things that have been going on, like, yeah, just it, it's really good. I've, I've, I've got quite a few friends that watch it and like as soon as we got near the end of last week's episode, we were texting each other frantically being like, oh my God. How have they done this? I really should be watching that yeah, show. Yeah, it's, it's good because it's one of those shows where, like, if you have any, like, Sherlock Holmes foreknowledge, all that's going to help is you'll get all the kind of wink and a nod references and, like, bits of dialogue. But even if you don't, like, it's just so well shot and it's so, like, cleverly done and it's it's got, like, very high production values. And um, I should say the first three seasons are on Netflix 
And that's only actually nine episodes because there are three episodes per season of an hour and a half. Oh, that's only nine episodes. Yeah, but uh, each episode's an hour and a half because they kind of like they're kind of like mini yeah. films, basically. And yeah, okay. but I can get through that. I was I, I see I see three seasons on Netflix, and my worry is oh no, three seasons of like ten or eleven episodes each. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through that, but. Three episodes in an hour and a half. I can I can get through those. Yeah, that's not, yeah, it's not. There undoable. is yeah, there is um, there is also a like a Christmas special that they did, but seemingly for some reason, the only way you can watch that is if you buy it either directly from the BBC or on DVD. Like they seem to be very reluctant to put that on like streaming services and things. But yeah, if you if you watch the the first three seasons, you'll get a good idea of kind of the overarching narratives. But very briefly, talking about watching lots of episodes, I watched in, I think, two days an entire season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is 23 episodes. So, But they wow. are only like... That's only a half-hour yeah, show, it's though, right? 20 minutes, because there's no, no adverts on Netflix. So oh, you do, yeah, you do sure. kind of power through it without realising. But oh. anyway, enough of that. I chatted for far, far too long, though. But yeah, and now we move on for the main reason we're, right, we're kind of here, is that yesterday, as of recording, so that was Friday... Nintendo finally had its big Switch reveal event. Uh, if you're in the UK, it was on at some silly time, like 4 o'clock in the morning, because the whole point was they had this big event, and then all around the world, there have been uh, like places popping up where you can play the games and experience it. So there's ones in the States, there's one, there was one in London. So we now have concrete information. We know about the games and stuff, and just before we get into a discussion, we will include, we've, we'll include a link in the show notes that's... Uh, a nice sort of compilation article with links to all other articles relating to things. So if you want to look at things in further detail, um, then you can do. So, Greg, what were your kind of? What's your general impression? Well, so I walked in and I was I was fairly excited about the Switch when I saw the initial reveal video. Yeah. And my my thought here is I'm I already have two two consoles. I have the PS4 and I have the Xbox One. Yeah. Which is silly because I don't have the time to play either one of them. So having both is is just it, it's silly, and I didn't really want to spend the money on it. But then I got the other one as a Christmas gift, and I've enjoyed playing both. But. Yeah. So for me to want to get a third console, I would need to have some really special hook in it. Yeah. And my thought was, it the thing that could really do it for me would be would it would my would my daughter be able to play it and then. When my other daughter gets old enough, I would assume I'd have the system for long enough that this would be what they would get started playing. Yeah. So I'm I'm really looking at it from the position of like, is there something here that my my kids could play? Yeah. And I was I was just going through the event. I don't really feel like that killer app was there, and I'm already kind of still mad at Nintendo for the whole classic NES thing. Yeah. Which are still not available anywhere. Yeah. And anywhere. And yeah, and people are already moaning because yeah, the pre-orders for the Switch are apparently limited. Like, I don't quite know what that actually translates to, but they're not that. I, that translates to their normal distribution yeah. cycle. Is what that translates to. <laughs> I've, I've thus far, I don't think I've heard about the Switch pre-orders. Yeah. Being, I mean, it seems like there's more pre-orders available for the Switch than there were classic NESs. Yeah. But not to keep bringing up the classic NES, I'm just yeah. bitter. But. Do you, but I basically I, I walked in really kind of excited to see what they had and really thinking like this might be a system that I could see buying. The portability aspect is is huge, yeah, obviously. Definitely. And I felt like the event didn't really play up the portability thing as much. Yeah. 
And I, 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 I really got a bit overload on the controller. Now I get the controller's weird, but at the end of the day, it's, it's basically an Xbox controller. Yes, just but it just you could just do stuff with the sides mm, of it. Yeah, because yeah, it, yeah, it's and yeah, it, it, people have been moaning about that, and a lot of people when we saw that first kind of uh, reveal video were like, "Oh my god, they're so tiny, they're gonna break and stuff." Whereas for all the kind of footage and kind of feedback I, I've, I've seen from people, it's like it's actually surprisingly sturdy. Like it feels like a solid premium piece of equipment. But um, I mean, I I saw the Pro Controller, and if I was ever going to play one of these things, it would probably be using the yeah. Pro Controller. And I mean, that ju- that actually looks like a pretty slick controller. Mm. I I can't really fault anyone for using that because that looks kind of neat. Yeah, and it's funny, interesting when you're saying about ju- justifying the console uh, to yourself, because I, I was in a quite a similar place. Because I was thinking a lot of people have, mo- have been moaning because they're like, oh, it's um it's more expensive than a PS4 because it's uh, three hundred dollars. Uh, which is two hundred and eighty pound. We expected it to be around two fifty, and before someone mentions mm-hmm. it, you can't technically blame blame Brexit for that. You can blame the fact that the pound is weak, but you can't. It's not quite accurate to say that. But yeah, so as a lot of people are saying, well, no, but you can get a PS4 for two fifty with games. Like what? What's what's That's Nintendo true. done? And like people also have been moaning, like if you want um, an extra pair of the controllers, there at the moment, I think seventy nine ninety nine. Which on pa- on yeah. paper sounds like a lot, but if you think about it, there's a lot. We what we've seen from what we've seen, there's a lot of technology crammed into each one. And if you wanted two PS4 controllers, you're going to pay similar money. So, I yeah. think, or if you just need one half of yeah. one, they're they're only fifty dollars each, which is smarter because I was really wondering what happens if one breaks and the other half doesn't. Yeah, because I wondered, oh, oh my god, are they going to be like paired? to each other so if one fails that's it yeah. but from the impression i got i think you can just kind of sync up anyone with anyone yeah that's what it sounds like which is it's it's a pretty co- i mean it's a cool concept and i like the idea especially if, again for the portability yeah. thing if i have the two different parts in my hands on a plane i'm just going to throw out there because that's what the reveal trailer yeah. showed you still basically have all of the controls that you would need and it would still function relatively normally for me other than the idea that my hands are independent of each other and that might be a little off yeah. but but um yeah i know i know what you mean and the, the th- th- thing that really struck me because yeah i was reaching a point where like you i was thinking oh yeah that the portability and the idea of um like playing x game out of the guy and then i realized when was the last time i actually genuinely put any time into my 3ds because i own a 3ds and i know that the 3ds has an amazing huge library of games but i just don't use it and I kind of think, I do, like, even if I had all the money in the world and I could easily buy a Switch, I kind of think, would I really use it to its full potential? So that's kind of made me want to look around a bit and maybe think the next game I buy is a 3DS game. And, um, yeah, and just give that some love. Mm-hmm. Now, I see what you're saying, because when, when you really think about it, I if, when I'm looking at portability, I'm thinking in an aspect of long car ride, plane ride or something, I'm... I'm not going to be playing it myself. It's the sort of thing I'll have set up and have one of my daughters playing. Yeah. Um, as it is, I, I just got my three-year-old a tablet. And yeah, don't give me the roll eyes about the tablet with a three-year-old. You know what? It's the most defining technology of her time. She knows how to use touch screens. Yeah. So I, I wanted to develop her interest in technology. And she knows how to use it. And it's it's really great for car rides when you want her to be engaged in something and you don't necessarily want her to be bored out of her mind. Yeah, and having something that she can watch or play is has been really great. 
And so I could see this eventually hitting that spot, mm. but I'm not super impressed with the battery life on it. Yeah, and that's and I think the weirdest thing because they've given a really broad like range. They've said, "Oh, I was a huge range, like, like two was... hours to six hours. That is that is a wide window. I, that is yeah, I... that is from not quite long enough to just barely long enough." Yeah, but I, I think it's to do with the fact because there's like so many different modes you can play it in. And they all use different kinds of battery. And I know that obviously with time, perhaps Nintendo officially or third parties will bring out battery packs and things if it, if it did become a problem. Which, yes, might hamper portability, but you have people now that carry around power packs for their phones. So, yeah. But um, to get into some of the, uh, the general stuff. So, I think the biggest, a, a quite a misstep by Nintendo was if you go back and you watch uh, the, the event... They do this bit where they show all the trailers and they're like, "Oh, we've got Zelda, we've got Mario, we've got um, we've got Skyrim." That was actually that was finally confirmed. We've got a Sonic game coming, but their actual launch lineup has literally, I think, five games in it. It has uh, Breath of the Wild, which of course is going to be on the Wii U as well. Uh, a mini game compilation called One Two Switch, which is effectively this game's Wii Sports or Nintendo Land, the game that goes. Yeah. This is what. This console can do, and um, I think we don't know for sure. Uh, we're not sure yet if that's going to be bundled in with the console. We've had no uh, confirmation yet, but yeah, it's and I think Just Dance is going on Switch as well. And there's two other games, but that is it. It's like if you pre-order this for March the third, you really don't have that many get that many games. Like I'm not saying the other games they've showed don't look good, but you have to think about like the Mario game, which I'll talk in a bit more depth in a minute, is not coming out until ho- uh, holiday period this year. So the console will have, will have mm-hmm. been out for uh, seven, eight months already, and no Mario game like. It... Right. I mean, even even uh, Skyrim is not going to yeah. be out until you know later in the in the fall. I think is when they said. Mm. Yeah. The the it's not a a very heavy launch lineup. Now that that whole and I can't remember the name. Their 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 tech demo game there. The the Wii Sports. Yeah. Because that's that's sort of where I put it in my head. I just remember that Wii Sports actually became huge. Yeah. So. You and I might be surprised with what kind of runaway hit that game ends up yeah. being. Yeah, I've, I've, but, yeah, I've heard a couple. Of, I've heard a couple yeah. of people say like it's good fun, but it clearly feels a bit like the sort of thing you play for five ten minutes to say like, oh look at this silly things you can do. Like I've seen, there's a mini game where like, you're milking cows and stuff, and you're moving the controllers up and down. So it, it, and like <laughs> and, and there's like a and <laughs> yeah, I'll find me. some footage. And there's like a cowboy gunslinging game and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, I think in a, in a, and there's uh, some other games mentioned as well. There's going to be Splatoon two. Uh, there's going to be I think its official title is Mario Kart eight Deluxe Edition, which is going to have just some extra tracks and some extra characters. So they are kind of giving some of their uh, Wii U, uh, Wii U games a nice kind of paint. But I think the thing that surprised yeah. a lot of people is the new open world Mario game Super Mario Odyssey, because it's got people in it and re- a realistic ish kind of city. It's it's very strange. It was, it's, uh, what really put me off of, of that, and the game actually looks really fun, yeah. but when I see Mario running by people who are proportioned and look like normal people, it just, it reminds me that in the lore, Mario is supposed to be a real person yes. who went through a drain tube to the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. So it, it's it's weird to see him running around this real world, and he's still, you know, short, pudgy, and, and cartoonly. Yeah. And other people are normal sized because then I think, well, 
was he just a weird misshapen dude in the real world? And yeah, it's just that's just how he is now. I mean, it it looks now. Don't get me. It looks fun, and I I love the whole climbing the buildings yes. and swinging off stuff and jumping on on the cars. It looked really fun, and the idea of open world Mario is is a great concept. Yeah, I I I I think to be honest, like I know obviously the bigger it is, it's not set in space. But I think if you wanted Super Mario Galaxy three, this is kind of what you're going to get because I know obviously they had on the Wii U Super Mario three D World, which was not actually very open. It was quite restrictive in its stages, so it's kind of it's a combination of the flatter kind of stages from three D World with the more openness of Galaxy. So yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get a Galaxy three. I think this is what. This will be this. This felt a lot more like uh, a successor to Mario sixty four. Yeah, or poss- possibly even Sunshine because of just. Well, but Sun- I I heard they were getting their own Sunshine for well, yeah, the we... Switch, but they didn't mention that at all at the press conference. Yeah, because I believe we mentioned it on this show. Yeah, there was a rumor going around that yeah, there was a Sunshine HD being worked on, but yeah, yeah. who knows? But but anyway, yeah, because I've, I've always kind of wanted after Mario sixty four another Mario game. Where there's there's no gimmicks, so I'm not sure how I feel about the hat. Yeah. But there's no gimmick to it. It's just you're Mario and you're running around this world and you're going after Bowser again. And this felt like that. And I love the open world. I even love the real city aspect part of it because it's it's a place where we haven't really seen Mario before. Yes. And at first I was kind of disappointed because I thought I would really like to see him go to like the Mushroom Kingdom and other places. Mm. And then, of course, the trailer takes us there and... Yeah, there are all these other different worlds besides a, a real-life city you can explore. So that game looks phenomenal, other than the idea that it looks like his hat has become sentient, yeah, and I don't know how I feel about that's that. That's kind of weird, but, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they saved that little nugget for right at the end, didn't yep. they? <sighs> but, um... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and I, I think, in a sort of a broader sense, people always say that, like, oh, uh, Nintendo's always been a bit kind of behind the times... But I think it's quite interesting from what we've seen a couple of directions they're going in. Little things like uh, the controllers have a share button on them. So you can share screenshots uh, like you can with PS4. They apparently say video sharing will be coming soon. And um, one of them, they haven't actually said anything, but a quite surprising thing is that they've said there will be some kind of online service of some sort. And it will allow you to have, like chat with friends... Uh, and stuff, and we, but we really don't know anything. It will be a subscription eventually. I think what they said is, up until the consoles launch on March the third, until kind of the autumn time, it'll be free, just so people can kind of get a hand of it. And then it will be a subscription service like PS Plus, like uh, Xbox Xbox Live Gold. So I think it is interesting that even if okay, it might not be graphically on par with uh, Sony and Microsoft, Nintendo do seem to be embracing kind of a lot of the like kind of creature comforts of modern gaming. Yeah, I've I was a little apprehensive about the 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 free game you get with it. They're 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 games with gold equivalent. Yes. It, it felt like because it's they they said it was going to be a NES or a SNES title, yeah. so you weren't going to be getting any of the newer the newer titles, which makes sense because it's a brand new console. They don't really have a lot of newer titles, and they're probably not super willing to port all of the Wii U stuff. Yeah. But anyone can put an emulator on a on a system that's powerful enough, and the Switch certainly will will meet that criteria. But it sounded to me, and maybe I completely misunderstood this. But it sounded like when you would get your your game, your games with gold or whatever, 
you would have it for a month. But then it felt, I thought it seemed like after that month, you couldn't play it anymore. You just moved on to the next free game. Okay. Like it was only a month long. And I, if I misunderstood that, somebody please, you know, yeah. correct me. But I, that's, that's how I took that. And I was very apprehensive about that, that yeah, concept. I will look into that. But yeah, the information on their online service was quite vague. I kind of just said, we're doing it and moved on. Because um, while yeah. I personally don't have much experience with this, because I've never bought Nintendo games digitally, I don't have much experience. And funnily enough, there's one game I'd quite like to buy for my 3DS, but I can't pass all the point. But people always moan is that Nintendo's really bad for, as you go from console to console, you have to keep rebuying the same things. Like, say if you want Mario 64 and you bought it on the Wii Virtual Console, when you get Wii U, you have to buy it again and again, because there's never been like an overarching kind of like single account where no. they can go, oh, you bought Mario 64, it's already like in, in the cloud. And I think kind of that's what a lot of people wanted, is that just... Pl- oh, that's that's terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. please stop, A, making us buy these games again and again. And a lot of people have said, frankly, overcharging us for it. So, yeah. No, our N64 games were like $15 yeah, in the Virtual it's... Console. It's ridiculous for games that are very, very old. Mm. I, I just... And, that's Nintendo's thing. They really need to sort of open the floodgates and let that back catalog come to their customers because people will, you don't understand if I had a a single account instead of not just that download to my console, because, but I know people who had Wii U's and Wii's who had to replace their system because it broke. And even then you don't get that game again. You have to buy it again. Mm. But if you were to take that game put it on an online account that I have access to across every console I might buy and then open up the back catalog at a reasonable price, I will spend absurd, inappropriate, irresponsible quantities of money to buy the Nintendo back catalog. Mm, Definitely. I think, and I think a lot of people would, I don't don't think you're alone in that. I'm I'm sure I'm not, but Nintendo, for whatever reason, seems to be quite intent on standing in the way of me doing that. Yeah. Well, it's funny, I think the closest they've ever come to that, and this is something I actually wasn't aware of for ages, but do you know about the whole um, 3, 3DS ambassador thing? I've I've heard of it, but I never really yeah. looked this into it This is basically too much. my understanding. When the 3DS first, first launched, it launched, in, I think it was incredibly expensive. It might have, I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, I'd have to check. But it was very expensive and it didn't sell well. And within a few months, like, they halved the price of it. But what they did is that for anyone who bought it right at the beginning, I think they gave them something like ten NES, like ten NES games and five SNES games or something for free, something like that. Uh, I don't know exactly. I will just I'll try and do a bit of searching as I as I speak. But yeah, and that that's kind of that was almost a hint at what they could and should be doing, but don't because yeah, Nintendo gets really just annoying about like stuff like yeah. people always always famously say like oh yeah like, like if there's ever like they're always really hot on um like anti-copyright stuff like if you try and create anything like any kind of homages they will they will pull it down and things like that so mm-hmm. yeah that they certainly have that reputation yeah <sighs> yeah nintendo is unfortunately their own worst enemy yes. which is it's sad being a child of the 80s and and growing up in a world where Nintendo basically ran the world. Yeah. And just to to be able to see their fall from greatness firsthand where the N64 just wasn't 
quite good enough to stand up to the PlayStation, and then the GameCube was just a a decidedly worse experience than the Xbox or the PS2. And the Wii found its niche, and I'm glad it did, but that niche audience didn't carry over to the Wii U. And the the Wii had the same issues as most of Nintendo's releases do, and that it just didn't stock on shelves. Yeah, that's that's really the main thing. I, I remember being in a GameStop, and being there was a line, like a huge line, and I'm asking, what what is... Did something just release today? And the person said, they're getting a box of Wii U's in. Uh-huh. And so I was in the store when the guy came from the back and said, okay, we have four. Oh, God, yeah. And so this whole line of people, and they basically just had to say, everyone who's more than four people back, I'm sorry, we, we don't have a Wii U for you. Yeah. No, a Wii, sorry. The Wii U did not have that problem. Unfortunately, yeah. Where, yeah. Whereas, yeah, the Wii was horrible. The, the Wii was it was horrible, and it was and the and the thing that even sparked the Wii is that, uh, if you remember, it came out the same day as the PS4, which yeah. also initially had some trouble staying on the shelves. Although that was that was much better. Within a couple of weeks of its release, I could just walk into a store and buy one. Yeah. Did I say PS4? PS3. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I, I the, these names are confusing. I'm I'm keep I keep switching generations here. The PS3 and the Wii came out at the same day, and then nobody could get a PS3. And and but I saw it a couple of weeks. I very much came close to buying one uh, when I an initial release because I was just so surprised to see it on the shelf. But I I thought better of it, and I ended up not buying it. Then I bought one later when uh, then President Bush gave me a check for economic stimulus and nice. said go go spend this on something. And I said aye aye, Commander in Chief, and I went and I. Uh, oh, I bought a, a PlayStation 3. So I I just I don't understand what Nintendo's issue was and that they were in a good spot whereas when the PS3s all sold out everyone was buying Wii's and I think that definitely contributed. Yeah. But then once the Wii's were gone, they just could not keep the shelf stocked for almost a year and a half. It was yeah. an issue. No, and, g- g- genuinely, yeah. And I'm I'm just I'm hoping that we don't see the same thing with the Switch. The Wii U, fortunately for the consumer, was terrible, and so there was never an issue trying to keep it stocked or having enough supply in place. But yeah. as we saw with the classic NES, and as I think we're probably going to see with the Switch, when the demand is high, Nintendo just does not have any logistical infrastructure to support that. Yeah, and you think they're such a large company. like it's 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 surely not going to be like they've got one tiny factory and they can't make them fast enough like i'm sure they've probably got the infrastructure to do it quite well but they won't or they can't or well, I, I don't know but i'm always surprised that this happens um, it's, it's want... like they don't want to take risk yes well yeah it's like it's like it's like they seem to say like they're almost so obsessed to say look how popular our console is because it sold all the pre-orders sold out within five minutes. Yeah, that's because you only gave people a hundred. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's such an artificial way of generating headlines. Yeah, our our for the the classic NES, our local yeah. Target got four of them. Yeah, it's... and then they have they have yet to get another substantial. I think they got maybe one or two in in the month leading up to Christmas. To the extent that they're they're classic nest shelf they just took it down and replaced it with a different display oh, and i, I want to say it's because i thought we don't we aren't going to have any of these in stock we're not getting them often enough to this is just empty shelf space and it just doesn't yeah. look good so there there is no shelf for the for the classic nest anymore there i'm sure they'll mm. just stick it somewhere but 
They yeah. they don't even have the space for it because it was just such a, a botched release. And yeah. I will never stop harping on that. That's fine. But yeah, um just I think we've kind of we've we've talked enough about the Switch, I think, and like I said, that article explains everything. Mm-hmm. Um and just before we move on, I just wanna um just so I don't give out false information. Yes, I was half right about that three D S ambassador program. Basically what happened is when they first released the three D S it was two hundred and fifty dollars and then it was very quickly dropped to hundred and seventy. And for anyone that bought it at that original price, they got ten NES games and then ten Game Boy Advance games for free. Uh, so yeah, that's what that was. It was a thing, so I wasn't wrong, which is nice. Also, in a similar vein, given that I was talking about how I never use my 3DS, if you have any recommendations for good 3DS games that are easy enough to find and not too expensive, do let me know. I'd be, I'm curious to use that more. Yeah, I have, I have just completely lost track of the handheld market. I think I bought the the first it DS because it doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I bought the first DS, and I thought yeah. I, I don't know when I thought I was going to play that thing, but I pull it out when I lose power during hurricanes. Ah, okay. So Hurricane Sandy was the last time that I broke open my DS. And even then, I much prefer my my Game Boy than the DS because I have a lot more classic games for it. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, if anyone has any recommendations, let me know. Um, and then next, moving on to one of the other big bits of news that really shocked a lot of people is that... Um, the planned new IP for uh, Xbox that was a, uh, a compilation between Platinum Games, who made Bayonetta 14101, and Microsoft, uh, the game Scalebound, which was that game that was all about dragons, had a bit of a Final Fantasy kind of look to it, has been cancelled. Just flat out cancelled. Yeah, that was that was just out of the blue. Yeah. I, I'm sad about this. I mean, I know you're a, lot, you're a, a PlayStation guy, so it doesn't affect you as much. No, no, no. I, I, I Well, it doesn't affect me personally, but I know a lot of yeah. people it's affected. Uh, Dapper in particular, she 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 uh, got got hold of me directly. It was like, oh my God, they've cancelled Scalebound. I was like, yeah. It's, um... Yeah. But, um, yeah, because obviously, yeah, Phil Spencer's come out and said that sort of classic PR thing. It was a difficult decision, but it had to be done. But I think it's more quite telling is a couple of episodes ago, we were, there was... Someone had asked, kind of, Microsoft, why do you never seem to make sequels? Like, you just seem to do one-off things. And I almost think it's quite ironic that I could, like, this could have grown into a big series and they've just killed mm-hmm. it for whatever reason. Yeah, no, so, you, have to, you have to imagine there's a good reason because it's not just Microsoft didn't look and think, oh, we could make too much money. We better step in and do something about it. Obviously, yeah. for this to happen, stuff was in play here. And whether it was a lot of boardroom politics or whether it was just a basically the game just didn't look like it was going to be good I mean, from from once from one standpoint i can see where i'm sad scale bound i it was one of the reasons why i kind of gravitated to the xbox one yeah but on the other hand if you're if you're microsoft and you're looking at a game I, i'm sure at some point you think to yourself is this going to be our no man's sky yeah, it's it's difficult. And I was thinking thinking back, like, I'm not sure if, because it was obviously shown at E3, whether the whether kind of the reaction was completely like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, from the impression I got from a lot of people was, yeah, it looks a good idea, I'd have to see what, see what they do with it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't remember everyone being like, oh my god, this, this, this is it, this is going to be the best game, like... So yeah, I no, if... I'm I'm with I I remember and this this was sad because again this was a a very heavy draw for me is the the initial reception for it at E3 was not 
super great. I just remember a lot of comments that and Scalebound is an exclusive that's coming soon and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But it didn't really seem to have the same sort of heft that yes. f- using it again, No Man's Sky had when it was a first announced and kept getting shown yeah. over and over again. That's just that's just the noise of just so many broken fans. Yeah. That's, anyway. That game broke a lot of hearts. Yep, it just sits on my shelf gathering dust. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping eventually one day they give it some updates. And Yeah, I mean, the, the real victims here are the people who decided to order the special editions. Yes. And hopefully they learned a lesson from that. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, he yeah Phil Phil Spencer just gives some sort of general comments. But yeah, the main bit of news is the fact that it has been cancelled, and uh, yeah, it's made quite a few people very upset. Then this last bit of news, I'm gonna hang hang hand over to you, Greg, because it's kind of films. It's your department, and my my DC knowledge isn't fantastic. Yeah, so I basically over the last week they released uh, a still image from the new Justice League movie, and Ben Affleck talked about it a little bit. Yeah, because it's and, like, it's like Superman, Batman. It's like it's like the Justice League members. They're in like it looks like like an aircraft or something like a plane hangar sort of thing. Yeah, it looks like they're in a hangar. Now, to be fair, Superman isn't actually in the shot. Uh, and and there are legit story reasons. But you see, Cyborg, the Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Batman. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty standard still shot, other than the fact that it really gives us a good look at some of these people in costume. Yeah. And it's the best look I've seen so far of what Batman's going to be wearing in this movie. And I don't know if it's just Ben Affleck or just the idea that he's wearing the huge suit, but he looks jacked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see him next to Jason Momoa, who is not a little dude. No. And Batman looks about twice his size. Uh, oh I, I have so much loved Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah. And and I I was I knew I probably wouldn't hate him as much as everyone else was hating him. I liked him as Daredevil. Yeah. So I figured he could and I thought he played Daredevil a little too Batman y, so I was actually not that apprehensive about his casting, but he has the look of Batman down so well. And the suit that he's he has been wearing in in these Justice League shots has been phenomenal looking. But I just I really liked being able to see some of these people in their in their final costumes. Although yeah, I don't like the Flash. Yeah, his suit from like, like I said, I don't have a huge interest in DC, but it it looks like it's too like it looks really robotic. It looks like an Iron Man suit. It's it's weird. It, it really does. It, I mean, it looks like something that the Flash would wear in the Injustice video game. Yeah, like from what I've seen, like I was expecting something closer to the Flash kind of TV show, where it's kind right. of like kind of a rubbery latexy sort of suit. And you wonder if that maybe played some role in this. Whereas because the Flash wears a a kind of leather suit in that show, if you can't, you don't want to yeah. put him in tights. But at the same time, if the power is in him, now that got really inspirational there. But yeah, if, the, if, the... if the power is in him and he can just run fast. I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I what? What's the suit for? And then, like, so he has a protective suit. That's fine. But there's like glowing lights on it. Like, there's robotics on the suit. Yeah, it seems what, to imply. What does the Flash what, need that for? Yeah, it seems to imply that's what makes that's what makes him run quickly, and that he can't run quickly outside of the suit. And it's, yeah, like, it's it's very heavy trying to make it look that way, which is not true. Even in the lore of the sh- of of the movies, I've 
almost said the show in, in the cinema because they've they have shown the Flash uh, on the cinema very briefly in Batman v Superman that out of the suit he can go very fast and they've they had a teaser trailer where you could see the Flash and he was fast yeah and and it works better in motion the Flash very briefly appeared at the beginning of Suicide Squad. Uh, so yeah. he had one scene, it was, he was in the movie for all of about five seconds that I raved and raved on when I did the hero talk on it. <laughs> and in motion, it works. In motion, the Flash suit looks pretty good. Yeah. But in a still like that where you're just seeing jagged Flash, I mean, just initial thought is I would think somebody who ran really fast would appreciate aerodynamics a little bit more. Yes, yeah, you you would think <laughs> And everyone else looks. I mean, obviously, uh, Gal Gadot looks just phenomenal as Wonder Woman. And I, I am a convert. When when she was cast, I looked yeah. at her and I said, I just don't see it. Yeah. And then I saw Batman v Superman, and I was convinced. And I, I was the first one to stand up and say, I was wrong. She yeah. is perfect for this. She is great. Her accent is also phenomenal. Yeah. For Wonder Woman, I, I like the Wonder Woman with an accent because when she sounds too Americany. Yeah, it's it you got to remember she's not she's not American, you know. No, she's she, she would be from yeah, she's Amazonian. She should have um, almost uh, an Egyptian style accent. So in, yeah. in her case, it's an Israeli actress, and so she has that that accent coming in. But it definitely gives her a more international feel and more like she is an ambassador from uh, a, a literal whole other world. Yeah. And and I, I love that. Jason Momoa has been inspired as Aquaman in terms of this is a character who has to look good because yes. he does not have the greatest reputation coming in. Yeah, definitely. And he he looks I love him as Aquaman. He looks menacing. Like go ahead and go ahead and tell him that he doesn't have a real power, you know. Yeah, it, do, it that does kind of feel that if Christopher Nolan had done Aquaman, that's what you'd have got. Like Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'm loving the shot and the cyborg Cyborg's a character that is most most known for his run in Teen Titans. But when the, when they revamped the DC Universe about five years ago, they decided to sort of call him up to the big leagues, and he's been uh, a part of the, the major Justice League lineups ever since. Mm. Which is good. I mean, he was always considered to be one of the upper-tier members of Teen Titans, so it I really think this was a character who was ready to get sort of a push to the front, and I'm always happy to have him, and the cyborg. I mean, he also he played fairly prominently in in uh, Smallville. Okay. Yeah. So when Smallville did their Justice Leaguey version, he was he was on there, played by. Uh... Oh, I was going to mention the actor's name. I just remember that he had died, and that's sad. So we're just going to move on. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get too sad, but he is. It, it's nice to see him, and his suit looks great. I actually love what they're doing with Cyborg because I did not like how the comics have classically portrayed Cyborg, in that it was the cybernetic part of him was kind of more like a a tank top. Okay. And so yeah. in this, he actually looks like more cyborgy, and it actually looks pretty cool. So overall, I love the the photo. I think it's it's great looking, and it, it's. It's making me more excited for Justice League while still remembering that uh, the DC Cinematic Universe has yet to prove itself to me. Yes. it's. I think it's partly, like, I can't comment too much because I've not seen many films, but I think I think they've had a, they've suffered of a problem where they've gone, right, we're going to do dark and moody, and they've done that, and then people are like, 
yeah, but that's not always good. And they're like, okay, we'll do a lighter film. We'll do Suicide Squad. And yeah. then that really didn't do well. Like, And that's, yeah. I think, one of the places where Marvel does slightly better, where they've had a couple of serious films. Like, I think Captain America Winter Soldier is the obvious candidate mm-hmm. for that. And then you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, which is almost a comedy film. Like... Right. It's it, and, it's and Suicide Squad felt very much like they really really wanted to capture that Guardians of the Galaxy feel. Yes. And they just they just sort of fell short a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's But yeah, I suppose best of luck to them. I know there are people out there that are hoping in like 2025 we get a Justice League Avengers crossover. Yes, yes there are, and I am one of those people, and I don't care if it takes Disney having to buy DC Comics to make that happen. I want I want to see it in my lifetime. That's yeah, what I want. Yeah. But I, did, well, I was going to say be realistic. Think about how much of a pain it's taken to get Spider-Man into the MCU. That's one character. We've never managed to get <laughs> mutants in, so much mm-hmm. so they've had to create Inhumans as like a substitute for mutants. Yep. Like... I mm, unlikely, but who knows? I mean, we'll we'll see. It it could happen, and I'm going to yeah. maintain hope because I need it. Uh, That's fine. I I just I would really like to see DCCU get their feet underneath them. Yes. Now, having having Ben Affleck helm the next Batman movie in terms yeah. of being the director is, and I think he's doing the story treatment, if not outright writing it, which is good because that's where actually Ben Affleck's main talent is in his directing abilities. He is everything he's directed has been very well done. In, in terms of the feel and the focus and, and, and the mood. So I think he could probably do justice, no pun intended, to a Batman oh. movie. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. Really wasn't intended. Didn't realize it until yeah, it came yeah. out. Uh, and to the point where they even... He, he said that they moved a Justice League 2 movie to the right so they could open up a spot for a Batman movie just because the response to him as Batman has been so yeah. positive. And... Huh? And and he enjoys working on it because he was talking about I, I think he's got a new movie now called Into the Night or something and I I don't know the title of it right off the top of my head. And he was comparing writing the two processes, whereas when when a movie lets not a, a licensed property, he has all the time in the world to write it and get the treatment done. But for Batman, he says people are every single time people see him, they're asking, so how's that Batman story coming? He's like, just let uh, me write it, you know? Yeah. He is a he's a very talented writer and and director and when when he's given the right role he can act very properly. People just they kind of remember his cheesier stuff and they tend to forget that he actually is very talented. So yeah. I am very much looking forward to the new Batman movie and I I I think if there is a movie that's coming in the DC cinematic universe that's probably going to be their gem that yeah. movie is the likeliest candidate. Sorry Justice League. Yeah, sorry, Justice League, don't punch yeah. us. Although Wonder Woman's coming out this year, and the the previews have looked very good for Wonder Woman, mm. so I might once again have to stand up and say I was wrong. Wonder Woman is 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 the best movie that they've done, and it's been a gem. Yeah, and but yeah, I just want... I just worry it hasn't been enough time for them to learn their lessons yet. Yeah, but yeah, you definitely wouldn't want to get caught in a fight with Wonder Woman. No, and I I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, and I'm gonna yeah. I'll, I'll of course see that movie, and I'm really hoping that it, it's it's a really good movie. It's it, my worry is not I mean Gal Gadot's not the issue. The problem is is I feel like that movie was being made while they were still learning their lessons in Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, so yeah. those lessons haven't had a chance to work their way back into the the story mm, that, element yet. Yeah, I doubt they turned around. They've turned around like probably 
half three quarters of the way through development and go right now we're starting it again because we've we've screwed up before like yeah. that's just not that's not going to have happened right but i think ben affleck being able to sort of take the reins of batman and and take it from you know a to z i think is our best chance at getting the real gem but i would love to be wrong with wonder woman because it is a character i have really started to like lately yeah and i would that's... love to see gal gadot have really great success with her yeah, definitely, given that, yeah. I only know her from Fast and Furious 5 and 6. Yeah, I, I I checked out after Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, yeah, well, the new one looks alright, apart from the fact it's called The Fate of the Furious, which is a terrible name. What, yeah, what is that? I would Fast and Furious 8 might sound a bit silly, because most franchises don't go on that long, but it's still better than that. You're yeah. implying you're implying that Furious is a collective noun for the main characters. <laughs> uh, oh look, it's a, it's a, it's a Furious of carjackers and street racers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, but I'll All probably right. still, now you probably, now you've made me sad. I'll probably still go see that. That's that's the terrible thing. Well, you are all about car racing, though, so that's, that's yeah, your but thing. The, yeah, but it's just those films are like because like the first like couple of films were genuinely about like street racing and stuff and things which is where that film was kind of based on and then the later ones just came like let's do stupid stunts like parachuting cars out of planes and pulling safes and things and yeah. but yeah it's just they're those silly kind of films that, that kind of just wash over you but they're a nice way to spend a couple of hours they have the rock in them the rock's charming as all get out so yeah that's that's true and he's gonna he's gonna be in that new baywatch film as well he is i hear that they're making that a comedy well it's gonna have to be because if they make it any kind of serious it's gonna just yeah, I, I, I mean, I, The Rock's charming. I'm sure I'll like it, and it's got yeah. Zac Efron in it. And I hear, I mean, Zac Efron's actually a funny guy. I know he always gets yeah. called back to his High School Musical roots, but he's really funny. So I yeah. think it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm just yeah. It's just that's a bit of a weird film because like they have genuinely gone, hmm, let's try and find Hollywood's most attractive people and throw them in a film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, that's that's Hollywood. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, we'll move into our topic of sorts for this week. Um, as you might guess, this was going to be our topic for our New Year's episode that didn't happen. So it's what have our favourite games of 2016 been, and what have our favourite games uh, that we're looking forward to. Uh, what games we're looking forward to in 2017? I'm going to run through this relatively quickly because we've been going for a while, and I don't want to. I don't want to keep take too much of Greg's time. So for me, uh, my games of 2016, I've not played that many because I've, I've been really busy, but. Uh, Uncharted 4 and Rise of the Tomb Raider are definitely up there. They're obviously very similar games in kind of their style and their genre, but they both delivered. They gave me exactly what I wanted, which is is it's very much kind of what would you if you go into a game with high expectations and just for them to deliver that is always great. Uh, I also think just honourable mention to Rocket League because I've had a lot of fun playing that, even though I'm not playing it online. It's still a good fun game. It's nice to play when listening to podcasts. Um, as for, I should now say this year, uh, definitely uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which oh, yeah. I believe is coming out in March. I thought I did read somewhere that uh, the date in the UK had been moved again, but I need to look into that. And then I did um, I did read somewhere that I know that uh, the new Mass Effect is coming out in the end, end of March. It and is, I've not, yes. And t- to my detriment, I've not played the other three. But I have heard that this, this game is quite separate from the original three, like in sort of like in sense of time and setting. Right. Like, I mean, it's it's literally in another galaxy. Yeah. So I think the impression is like, kind of a bit like Sherlock. If you've played the previous games, there might be one or two references that you'll pick up, but you could go into this quite cold. 
and not um uh, yeah no, I've it. so I, I, I maybe pick that up but it I'm going to sound as old as Greg when I say I don't have that much time to play games so <laughs> well I mean you're in university right now you you yeah I mean you're a full-time student and literally yeah. full-time dedicated to being a student so trying yeah, to find that, the time which, is not easy which also includes copious amounts of drinking Exactly. That's included in full-time university yeah, student. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's absolutely is the case. Yeah. Um, and then I'll also mention, because she was supposed to be there when we were doing this, Dapper did put some answers down. So Dapper, you're not here, but you're here in spirit. So for 2016, she she said uh, Watch Dogs, Hitman, and Overwatch. Uh, and then for 2017, she said Red Dead Redemption, I assume the second one. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she said Scalebound, which is obviously oh, not going to happen anymore. Now I'm sad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mass Effect uh, Andromeda, Cuphead, which is that weird uh, animated, very stylized yeah. game that's been delayed for ages. I know. Because... I was I was almost about to say like I will be legitimately surprised if Cuphead actually comes out in 2017 because yeah, they feel, just keep pushing it to the right. I, f- I feel like Cuphead is getting a bit of like a Last Guardian, Kingdom Hearts three kind of reputation. It just keeps getting yeah. delayed. Uh, sea of Thieves, which is that very kind of cartoony pirate game being yeah. made by former Rare employees, and then mm-hmm. For Honor, which is Ubisoft's combat game. Yeah. And yeah. And then, all and then all was... good games in that lineup. I'm. Yes. I, I know. Now, Mass Effect, I, I have a very tumultuous relationship with Mass Effect in that I really, really liked the first game, and then I liked the second game markedly less, okay. and then I did not like the third game. Yeah. And so I, I'm almost like, I, I I want I look at Mass Effect and I just I want to grab it and say I want to like you, yep. <laughs> but you push me away. Oh, so gosh. I really hope that that by putting it as I said literally in another in another galaxy and yeah. sort of resetting everything I can I can maybe get back into Mass Effect again because I just really loved the first one and the second one I thought had objectively better controls and a better feel to the combat and everything, but. Yes. It, I felt it did so sort of at a detriment to the overall, the, the grander scale that I thought I got out of Mass Effect 1 didn't happen. And, it be, and, and Mass Effect 1 almost felt like you could turn a corner and it turns out now you're in a gunfight. Yeah. And in Mass Effect 2, the, just because there was a difference between the exploration and the gunfight and you couldn't just switch between the two, I just wasn't... Yeah. You didn't get that as much, and it, it, I don't. It just didn't have the same feel for me, and it it lost the magic. And then Mass Effect Three was really trying to be something it wasn't, and yeah. And I'm not even going to discuss the ending at all, but it yeah, just no, I no, just no, felt no. like it was it was trying to be a, a game on on a this grander scale that I really wasn't looking for or didn't really want. And I know some people really love it and love the series, and more power to you, but. I just felt yeah. like as the series went on, I was less and less invested in it. And so yeah. I would love a chance to reinvest myself if this turns out to be a decent game. And I'm just going to, as I do with most games, just wait and see what what my friends and the people I respect think of it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, And also you gave a, an answer for these questions as well. So I'm, gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to speak on your behalf as you're here. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, in, in the podcast notes, I decided I would move it out of the community feedback and actually move it up to the with, with the other people who are talking on the podcast. So I, I really racked my brain to think what I was playing in 2016. And I originally, I told you that I, I thought Telltale's Batman was the only one. I then yeah. went back and remembered that I did play Firewatch this last okay. year. 
Yeah. Um, and I've played other games, but they just weren't from 2016. And I, I think that's yeah. almost cheating when you bring those up because 2015 and 2014 were those games years. And so I got to, yeah, I did play, I played the park and I know that game's been out for a while on PC, but I think it just got released on Xbox one and on PS4. So I think that counts because okay. I, I played it on console and so I'm going to count that because it just got its console release. Although I, I owned it on PC forever, but didn't play it till I bought it on Xbox One. So that one's also... So those are my three games that I've played from this year. So by definition, those would have to be my top games. But yeah, of those, I think Telltale's Batman was my favorite. Uh, okay. As much as there people have complaints about them, and those complaints have been very legit and... and there is something to them, but if you look at those are all the games that I've played that came out in 2016, then that's that's what my favorite was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and looking forward to, in addition to, you could almost, again, with the exception of Mass Effect, almost copy and paste Dapper's list into my list. Yeah. Uh, but I am I love uh, most of the David Cage games that have come out and I think I've loved all of them basically. And that, that includes Fahrenheit or the Indigo prophecy, depending on where you played it. Yeah. Uh, beyond two souls, uh, heavy rain. So I've, I've loved David Cage's games and Detroit become human might be coming out in 2017. Yeah. yeah we, we, we don't know at this point. That was, that was a super optimistic point on my part to say like 2017 Detroit, maybe like I'm almost asking like, I'm saying, hey, is is Detroit coming out, you guys? Yeah. So, anyway, Quantic Dream, if if that's coming out, then uh, please let me know personally. Just give me a call. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, though, you could almost take any of Dapper's games and put that in there too, because I, yeah, you know, I've, I'm looking to some of those games and sad face, not scale bound, but For Honor oh. looks great, and of course, Horizon Zero Dawn looks amazing, and I would yes. love to to get my hands on that game. So, yeah. a lot of good stuff coming out in 2017. I look forward to wishing I could play. Definitely, definitely. Um, and then we did get uh, John, John of the One Track Gamers did also, he, he, he submitted some notes. He said for 2016, he said uh, Uncharted 4, Inside, and Watch Dogs 2, which is not surprising. He's mm-hmm. had very positive things to say about yep. all of those. Mm-hmm. If you remember way back when, me and him even did a little short conversation about Uncharted 4, which I always forget that we even made, but there we are. Um, and then for 2017, he says the new South Park game, which I believe is called The Fractured Butthole. <laughs> very <laughs> stupid, well, well slash badly titled, depending on your uh, yes. sense of humor. And then he also says Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Well, but yeah, I, do, I, I don't know about him, but I'm definitely waiting for reviews on that. I'm not, I, I got, I love my lesson with No Man's Sky. I'm not jumping straight in with that. Oh yeah, never ever pre-order. And don't ever pre-order the, the collector's edition. I learned that lesson the hard way with Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, don't ever do that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, but yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Horizon is going to be good because I know a lot of people even just outside yeah. of our slot that are really hyped for that game so fingers crossed uh, it looks amazing I'm just I have to I have to wait to see what what the yes. uh, the people think of it before I buy it definitely definitely um, now um, yeah so that we're kind of naturally coming to uh, the end of this week's episode it's run a bit long not that that's a problem we had a new console to talk about that's going to mean a longer <laughs> episode yeah I don't re- I have no problem like I just hope I haven't encroached too much on Greg's time but yeah, I'm good. As I as I promised at the beginning, I just now want to take a few minutes to explain what's basically been happening with where I want this podcast to go and what I what I'm planning to do. 
So basically, yeah, well, I took, as you will know, I took some time off. I needed to have a bit of a rethink because, unfortunately, Dapper was not able to continue in her regular co-hosting role. And initially, I was thinking, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll find a new regular co-host. And a lot of a lot of people came out on Twitter and was like, oh, I'm, I'll happily come in as a guest kind of in, in the interim. And I had decided that, like, uh, if, that, if, if that occurred, I would change the frequency of the podcast because... I don't really doing it weekly is a is a big is a big sink of time for me and I quite honestly like sometimes going from week to week there's not always that much news and stuff to talk about so if that had happened the frequency would change but I've I've struck I've not had any luck finding a new co-host and I I kind of did think this is a bit of an opportunity to slightly tweak things about the podcast uh what's worked well what what's kind of feasible in the time that me and other people have. So what I'm kind of tentatively deciding to do is that this podcast will switch. I'm thinking monthly, but um, that m- it may get to a point where it gets a bit like as and when I can find time in my schedule. Because as much as I love doing this, as the year as the year goes on, I'm just going to get more and more busy with university work and have less and less time to do this. But the whole the point is, it's going to go to monthly-ish, but I'm going to have a different host uh, every, every episode because there's lots of people that I want to work with, I think would be really enjoyable people to work with. But it uh, it would, as, as we've always been, like, we want to be a platform for, say, like, small kind of YouTubers or people that want to get content out and stuff. So we're always still going to be a platform. But equally, there's kind of, there's big names in the game industry and in the podcasting industry that I personally would really love to get involved in. So kind of the point is, we'd switch to kind of monthly, but I'd try and get different guests in. We'd probably go for slightly longer episodes uh, to kind of compensate for the fact that they're less frequent. I'm kind of tentatively hoping to bring back doing slightly more serious topics in a bit more of a kind of consistent way, because I honestly, I think some of our best episodes have been the ones where, yeah, we've kept our jokey, quite light kind of, general feel but we've been able to have a more serious mature discussion on certain topics so yeah that's what's going forward what i need to do in the next few weeks is i need to just obviously get in touch with some of these people i'm hoping to get on the show so yeah the main thing i can suggest is yeah it's the timetable might be a bit different and so i i I don't want to consistently say it'll be once a month so the best thing i can say is is just follow us on twitter at gwb pod and i'll try and give like i'll try and give notice of like we've got an episode coming up so yeah, it's it's a lot of changes, and in an ideal world, I wouldn't like to make so many changes, but kind of like as Greg's, Greg alluded to right at the beginning, we all have very, very busy lives, and yeah, it's difficult, so it's not, we're not finishing, we will go on, just not quite so frequently, and with a slightly different style, but the format is going to fundamentally remain the same. So yeah, I just wanted to get that all out of the way. So yeah, uh, yeah we, onwards and upwards, that is the plan. So yeah, uh, remember you can also email us at gwbpodcast.gmail.com uh, Do that if you feel that you'd like to be a guest at some point. Like I said, we, we'll take people from any, like, well, whether whether you're a, sm- a small-time YouTuber or whatever, you just have an interest in video games, we'll happily have you on, so just email us there and I'll get in touch with you. Uh, we also have a Discord where you can come and chat with us all about random, random things. We also have a Snapchat, but it doesn't really get much use, unfortunately. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at another GMG blog. Uh, do send me uh, suggestions for good 3DS games because I might start using my 3DS again. Um, 
I'm very happy, as I said earlier, to say my PSN is working, so you can find me on PSN as for underscore fate497. You can't play with me because I don't currently have PS Plus, but we can at least have a bit of a chat. Uh, you can find my blog at nickpjenkins25.wordpress.com. Uh, as she was here in spirit, you can find Dapper uh, on Twitter at Dapper Paper Bag. Just Google Dapper Paper Bag as well. You'll find her on all other platforms. Greg, where can people find you? All right. Well, if you want to talk to me on uh, my personal Twitter account, it is at Judge Greg is Law. I am the managing editor for Enthusiax.com, so you can see a lot of our content there. Just go to Enthusiax.com, including my own podcast, the Hero Talk podcast. And for interacting with Enthusiacs, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Just go ahead and search for Enthusiacs. Good, good. Thank you very much. Well, Greg, it's been lovely to have you on, as always. Nice for you to step up when I, when I need, needed someone to back me up. So it wasn't Oh, it's no talk. problem. And uh, thank you for being so flexible with your recording time, too. I know. No, no. I, no, I, no I, no I hate that every time you ask me, I say I can do it, but not when you want me to do it. But. <laughs> well, it's fine. On the, on the weekends, I can be pretty flexible. But um, anyway, yeah. this is this. But yeah, so I can't listeners per se see you next week because that's not really going to be the case. But like I said, just keep an eye on our Twitter. I will try and keep you as updated as I can. But this podcast will keep going, and I hope to speak to you uh, relatively soon. So thanks to all you guys for sticking with us, and we'll see you sometime. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>